Welcome to Out of Our Skull, episode, wow, what is this, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14? 14. I think it is 14. It is 14. It is go 14. us! I can count. Thank you, Sesame yeah, go Street. Go you, CJ. Yes. This, this is our political podcast from the Femme Faisant Network. I am Mia. I am CJ. And we're going to talk about Numbers. local North Carolina news. And, and national, national news. political news. Yeah, I don't think we really have any international news. No, not this time. So let's start with our local, local North Carolina, Carolina news. news. Actually, North and South, I think it is this week. I think we got some South Carolina yeah, stuff on here. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes we acknowledge a border and sometimes, sometimes we, we don't. don't. Yeah. So first up, Ken Raymond appointed to the Board of Trustees for Winston-Salem University. The the appo- go ahead. The appointment of Ken Raymond to the Winston-Salem State University Board of Trustees has drawn criticism from some alumni who question his ability to put students' interests over what they call his political agenda. The criticism from alumni and others with ties to the university comes primarily from Raymond's successful push in 2013 to move a voting site from WSSU's campus. Raymond and Dr. Ricky Sides, founder and president of Sides Chiropractic, in Winston-Salem began four-year board tor- terms July 1st. Raymond claimed that at the time he had he had heard while serving as a Republican elections observer, some WSSU students said that they were voting in order to receive class credit. Ooh. That's not good. Raymond said on July 12th, he, quote, personally has not heard any criticism from alumni. If there is, I'll respond at that time. Right now, I'm looking forward to a discussion from the other board members about how to make WSSU more competitive with other North Carolina schools. Fleming Fleming El Amin, a Forsyth commissioner, said he is, quote, just concerned that Ken's appointment is a patronage move for his service on the county's election board and that he has a certain bias against the university because of his efforts to remove precinct voting on campus based on rumors and not on the facts. I'm not really sure he can promote the university's mission and support its growth with the kind of mindset he showed on the students' elections issue. There is very little we can do besides express our concerns and make people aware how this issue is one example of an influence of the influence of composition of the influence of composition of the current General Assembly. I respect Ken as a person dedicated to his political opinion, but I am concerned that his influence at WSSU to date has been a negative one rather than a positive one, end quote. It looks like there's enough evidence to prove that point. Yeah. Brenda Diggs, while not an alumna of WSSU, served several years as a trustee on that university's foundation board. She says, it's a little disingenuous to appoint him to the board for what I've read and what I know about his political stances and actions on student voting. Republican legislators called into question the precincts at WSSU, and Raymond played the issue the way they wanted it played. Our state deserves appointments to these positions based on smarts and abilities, not on politics as usual. Yes, they do, actually. They really, truly do. But that's not our political climate right now, is it? (laughs) When I was in college, we did have voting at the college we also had voter registration cards that we could fill out at the college too you would want that i i think that that is a good thing that's a very good thing i mean but but giving your students credit for voting no i wouldn't that's that crosses the line i think that crosses the line i do think 
Um, I am of the opinion that voting should be a, uh, the election day should be a national holiday. Voting should be made much easier, not much harder. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, and I think we should be given every opportunity to vote, whether it's having voting booths on campus and voting registration signups on campus or having the day off to actually get your butt to the precinct and vote. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily should be mandatory. Mm-hmm. And if you're a college student, I mean, when I was in college, I didn't have a car. Yeah. I so. didn't have a mode of transportation and there was not Uber yeah, at the so. time. So I had to bum rides off of friends or pay taxis. And uh, that would have dissuaded me, you know, living off of, yeah. you know, 80 bucks a week or something that I, that I did when I was in college. So having <clears throat> my voting poll on campus um that's you know that helped me that that encouraged me to go vote i I didn't have an excuse not to Mm -hmm. i also think early voting and and mail-in voting should be made much easier as well yeah i wonder what ken raymond (laughs) obviously he doesn't want to help get more college kids voting if he wants to move it off site (laughs) (laughs) um well moving on um Far was nominated to a federal bench vacancy. Trump on July 13th nominated Raleigh attorney Thomas Farr, who has defended various voting maps in North Carolina drawn by the Republican-led General Assembly, to a vacancy on the federal bench. If confirmed by the Senate, Farr would fill a seat in the federal eastern district of North Carolina that has, has been open for almost 12 years. When Judge Malcolm Howard took senior status... A form of semi-retirement accorded to federal judges, George W. Bush nominated Farr to fill the same vacancy in 2006, but the nomination never went through. The American Bar Association rated him as well qualified at the time. Farr has been the go-to guy for Republican legislative leaders in recent years to fend off challenges to their actions. Several times he has argued that voting maps drawn in 2011 were illegal. Federal courts have found that both congressional and legislative maps were drawn illegally, packing too many black voters into certain districts to make other districts more amenable to GOP candidates. Farr also defended changes to the state election laws, including a photo, photo ID requirement for voters, for voters, which federal courts have also overturned. He previously was an attorney with the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation and counsel to the U.S. Senate and Labor Human Resources Committee. So this guy is not a friend to voters and not a friend to workers. (laughs) Right. He is a friend to Republicans. Yes. So, of course, he's got a nomination. And we've talked about gerrymandering and and the the photo ID required to vote. We've we've talked about all that going on in North Carolina. These are hot topics in the state. Yeah. Gerrymandering in the state is just (laughs) ridiculous. I wonder if Senate is going to prove them. What do you think? Um so far they haven't done squat on anybody that, that on much of anybody that trump has nominated and there's lot there's dozens of vacancies there's dozens of vacancies um the way things are going uh, this is probably going to be pushed back i think so too and we'll see if he actually gets a, a, a nomination but uh or if he actually gets a hearing uh but i'm looking i'm, I'm seeing that things are probably going to be very much stymied in in federal government for mm-hmm. a while We'll see. We'll keep you listeners posted. Next up, Cooper's Well Water Containment. Contaminant. 
contaminant. <laughs> Cooper's <laughs> well water contaminant. Roy Cooper's environmental agency is keeping for now the same standards for a cancer-causing contaminant in well water, hexavalent chromium, that led Cooper to blast the Republican he defeated last fall, Pat McCrory. The State Department of Environmental Quality's guidelines for the well watering filtering systems were announced this week. Duke Energy will be required by law to install filtering systems for some neighbors of its North Carolina coal ash storage pits. They match the standard for protecting against hexavalent chromium that McCrory administration adopted, which is about 140 times higher than the amount the state's health agency says could harm human health if it succeeded. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency says hexavalent chromium is likely to be carcinogenic when ingested. The chemical was portrayed as poisoning residents of a California town in a Hollywood movie about legal sleuth Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> I remember that movie. I remember that movie, too. <laughs> it won Julia Robertson Academy Award. So we're so, basically just keeping the, the, the bad standards. Right, and... And this looks unfavorably on Roy Cooper because no. yeah. he blasted Pat McCrory for it, and now he's just going to leave them. Right, right. And and I voted for Cooper. We've talked about Cooper before. I I voted for him. We're going to mention his favorable stuff here. Yeah, I still think on the too. whole, I'd prefer him to McCrory. Oh, definitely, by definitely. a long shot. But and, and I don't know much about hexavalent chromium. I I don't. But a hundred and forty times less the amount that could be harmful to consumption yeah. i mean can, can we just get some clean water <laughs> <laughs> why it's not like we use it right. it's not like we need it just drink pepsi mm. anyway onward um cooper begins break the majority cooper's party initiative to dominate the state's capital is the latest frontier in a state that's got a myriad of political issues redistricting voter ids public education gender to name a few yeah republicans and democrat voters are just about equally matched here in north carolina although unaffiliated voters outnumber republicans already cooper has quietly banked one million dollars for his new group break the majority and plans to raise several million more along with recruiting candidates and then campaigning for them in the state senate and general assembly races the money being raised for the, a new state Democratic Party account will also cover salaries for what will effectively be a new campaign committee with a dedicated communications director, research director, several junior staffers, and cash for everything from field organizers to ads. Cooper is coordinating closely on mechanics and messaging with Eric Holder, who's chairing the National Democratic Redistricting Committee. Ralph Northrum running for governor in Virginia this fall and Gwen Graham running for governor in Florida next year are among those who have debriefed with Cooper. The DNC chair Tom Perez has expressed interest. Cooper tells the people who call him for advice to start early and commit to raising huge amounts of money to outspend opponents who will likely have massive outside help. And probably agree. from a certain country that begins with R. <laughs> Cooper also stresses what he thinks is connecting thread between taxes, education, and jobs that most candidates miss. They have to figure out how to shake voters who believe Democrats are going to take something from them and give it to somebody else who doesn't deserve it. Also true. True. But first, his party needs to get real about how completely Republicans have outmaneuvered 
them in state-level elections and how in the existential moment the party finds itself after the 2016 wipeout is time to get scared straight. So correct. Winning a legislative majority is Cooper's dream. Optimistically, some North Carolina Democrats say there's a chance that by 2020, there's a chance of that by 2020, but for now the goal is breaking the GOP's supermajority in the General Assembly, which has allowed North Carolina Republicans to essentially govern around Cooper, overriding vetoes, cutting funding, and in an example Democrat cite as a pure proof of overreach, threatening to impeach the Secretary of State. Uh, yeah, this, I actually completely approve of this Me too. Measure. Me too. Um, I, I think this needs to be a grassroots effort. It needs to start Small. How much money do you need? Yeah. Can I can I get it on auto draft from my from my paycheck? Um, yeah, you, you got to start the local elections. Even our cat this. is yes. coming here and purring in uh, approval. <laughs> um, so start at the local and state elections and move up to the federal elections. Yeah. And for you third party voters out there who hate both the Democratic and the Republican Party, that's where you need to start. You can't start at the top. You have to start at the bottom. So if you're an independent out there, and apparently the unregistered or the unaffiliated, there's more unaffiliated than Republicans. If you're unaffiliated and you're interested in an independent party, you have to start small. Bring And bring yourselves together. Yeah. If You have the power of numbers. That's right. So get your shit together, organize something, make a new party or or whatever make the make the libertarian party rise make the independent party exactly in the green party any party that's not you know your your two big ones if you want to if you want to grow a third party in this country you got to start small yeah um so that's it for local news yeah. on to national news okay so first off um, July 4th was a couple weeks ago and um, <laughs> the and less patriotic I've ever felt I know in my life in my life I didn't even want to see fireworks 2017 this year yeah so as part of the July 4th celebration NPR as it's done for 29 years celebrated the, the holiday with a reading of the Declaration of Independence um, they do this with hosts reporters newcaster and commentators they also tweeted it line by line on Twitter. <laughs> and Trump backers, seemingly unaware of the source document, accused the media organization of playing partisan politics and attacking the president. So NPR is calling for a revolution, Twitter user just as Raphael wrote. <laughs> Propaganda? Is that all you know? Said somebody else. And there's tweet after tweet. We could go on. Uh, but but the, the gist of it is... They didn't recognize the Declaration of Independence. Right. Um, this uh, is the, the, founding the founding document, document of, the of United our country. States. The reason for the holiday of July 4th. Um, this is similar to the whole, whole Julius Caesar backlash from the last episode. True. Um, oh, God. The stupidity it burns. It really does. It's, you know, it's the Declaration of Independence. If your candidate is against the Declaration of Independence, maybe he shouldn't be president. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You, you stole the words right out of my mouth, CJ. So next up, healthcare. <laughs> Mitch McConnell's latest healthcare proposal collapses as two senators defect. Uh, Mitch McConnell announced that he'll bring the bill that already passed the House 
up for consideration in the coming days. And the First Amendment the Senate would take would be for the full repeal of Obamacare with a two-year delay for implementation. <laughs> but to get that vote on repeal, conservative critics must vote to allow the debate on the broader bill. And the reason why they're doing the two-year delay for implementation is because they don't want to screw themselves for the 2018 elections. <laughs> they know this is a shitty, shitty bill. And they know it's going to hurt a lot of their constituents. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And they don't want to lose in 2018. So they're going to repeal this and look, 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 a victory. But we're not going to do it for two years. So you don't feel the effects until after that election, um, which is bullshit. Um, and of course it failed. <laughs> well, um, while Mike Lee announced that he's against the bill because it doesn't go far enough, asshole, <laughs> Senator Susan Collins of Maine expressed the measure because oppose the measure because it goes too far. There are several senators on each side of the divide. Senator John McCain, who's uh, coincidentally recovering <laughs> from surgery in Arizona, said one of the major problems with Obamacare was that it was written on a strict party line basis and driven through Congress without a single Republican vote. As this law continues to crumble in Arizona and states across the country, we must not repeat the original mistakes that led to Obamacare's failure. The Congress must now return to regular order, hold hearings, receive input from members of both parties, and heed the recommendations of our nation's governors so that we can produce a bill that finally provides Americans with access to quality and affordable health care. That's the John McCain I know before, before signed, be Sarah Palin. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm all for that, although I disagree completely that it was strict party line basis and driven I, through I Congress. I disagree with that part, too. Yeah. Um, there were hearing after hearing after hearing on Obamacare. <laughs> and you've had seven fucking years to come up with a plan and, to And Republicans it. were very vocal that they didn't They were very vocal. The right. The person who broke the... Broken... Anyway, the person who broke into Republican dent... Senator Dean Heller's Las Vegas office over the weekend left a threatening note related to the health care bill. The person asserted that he would lose his health care and die if the bill passes and would take Heller with him, per Nevada's independent John Ralston. So, I, yeah, somebody broke somebody, into the well, Las Vegas senator's house. Office. Office. Uh, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with threatening your, your legislator. But a lot of people are going to be hurt if this health care passes. But, of course, it hasn't passed because they don't have enough votes to get it through. And um, just yesterday, uh, July 17th, there were protests and 33 people were arrested at the Capitol. And if you watch some of the video of these protests, they're literally dragging people off their wheelchairs to arrest them. Fuckers. It's, it's not a pleasant sight to see. It really isn't. Andrew Des Desiderio quotes, McConnell now faces one of the most difficult obstacles in his decades-long career. His close aides fret that failure to pass some legislation would depress the Republican base and leave the party incredibly vulnerable in 2018. But no amount of procedural maneuvering or policy reshuffling has allowed him to crack the health care reform code. His options are limited, and none of them are particularly confidence-inducing, end quote. And Mike Murphy says, Republicans can only afford to lose two votes, Which and if did. a repeal vote fails... McConnell would be left with a few options. One of those options would be something many hardline Republicans seem loath to consider working with Democrats. As outlandish as that plan may seem in these bitterly partisan times, 
it may be one step closer to reality. Well, so to update this, yeah. It, yeah, this it's, morning it's it did not, it failed. They did not get those two votes, or they lost those two votes. Um, and it's not going to come back up during this session of Congress. Um, they were thinking of just flat out repealing Obamacare and then leaving nothing to replace it. But that would have been disastrous. And I think even they realized that would have been disastrous. Um, so, yeah. Obamacare stays for right now. I'm all for that. I'm, I'm, you know, Obamacare is not perfect. It really is not perfect. And yes, both sides need to get together and discuss making it better. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Make it better. Don't trash it and leave nothing there. So next up, what is Jeff Sessions thinking? <laughs> this nothing? was my favorite one to take notes on, actually. Um, so first... Jeff Sessions' speech to First Amendment lawyers. He gave a speech to Las Vegas on sanctuary cities and local law enforcement. He announced, according to a recent study from University of California, Riverside cities with these policies have more violent crimes on average than those that don't, when in fact... Municipalities that chose to designate themselves as sanctuary cities for undocumented immigrants experience crime rates no higher than uh, than they otherwise would. Sessions also thanked anti-LBGTQ group for its important work on religious liberty. In all its legislate, in all of this litigation and debate, the de this Department of Justice will never allow the secular government of ours to demand that sincere religious beliefs be abandoned. Sessions said, we will not require American citizens to give intellectual assent to doctrines that are contrary to their religious beliefs, and they must be allowed to exercise those beliefs as the First Amendment guarantees. Sessions has a re record of opposing LGBTQ rights. He voted for a constitutional ban on same-sex marriages and against taking up a bill that provided LGBTQ people with protections from workplace discrimination. He was also a vocal opponent of repealing the don't ask, don't tell policy that prohibited gay and lesbian people from serving openly in the military. He's increased, he's trying to increase police seizures of cash and property. Asset forfeiture is a disputed practice that allows law enforcement officials to permanently take money and goods from individuals suspected of a crime. Not guilty, suspected. Since 2007, the Drug Enforcement Administration alone has taken more than $3 billion in cash from people not even charged with any crime, according to the Justice Department's Inspector General. Thir Thirteen states now allow forfeiture only in cases where there's been a criminal conviction, said Robert Everett Johnson, an attorney for the Institute for Justice. Session also blasts the Supreme Court for <clears throat> micromanaging the executive branch. Jesus. The judge in Hawaii ruled on July 13th that Trump's interpretation of the travel ban goes too far in banning family members from the United States. Session said the court undermined national security, delayed necessary action, created confusion, and violated a proper respect for separation of powers. <laughs> and he compares cannabis to heroin. God. A task force sessions appointed to, in part, review links between violent crimes and marijuana is scheduled to release its findings by the end of the month. But he has already asked Senate leaders to roll back rules that block the Justice Department from bypassing state laws to enforce a federal ban on medicinal marijuana. Eight, Eight states. 
Eight states, or a fifth of the population, have legal marijuana laws for adult use. Lawmakers who support le legalizing marijuana contend that it leads to greater regulation, curbs the black market, and stops money laundering. It does. They point to studies showing that the war on drugs, which began under President Richard M. Nixon, had disastrous impacts on national incarceration race, rates and racial divides. It did. So what do we think about all this Jeff Sessions? I think he's insane. Um, I think he's a religious nut. Yeah. Um... I, I don't think that he should be... I don't think he should be Attorney General. No, he should not hold the title that he holds or the office that he holds. The man's a racist. He's a racist. He is homophobic. Incredibly. He thinks that there is one true religion mm -hmm. and everybody else is wrong. And he also thinks that the president trumps the Supreme Court, which is completely not, not that's not how this works it's that's not, not how, how any are, of this works no no um and comparing marijuana to heroin come on yeah i what, mean that's linking violent crimes and marijuana what was there a grand dorito heist or something come on what violent crimes do stoners do like the violent crimes that napping? those particular people were already going to do with Before or without the presence marijuana? of cannabis it's just it's it's stupid it's that's that's ridiculous and i'm saying this as a non-smoker <laughs> uh next up paul ryan he oh. gave a speech on the national day of civility which is july 12th for those of you that you don't know, know. That it was a national day of civility i didn't know Paul Ryan quotes, let's be more civil. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and his head didn't explode. It's astounding. Let's be more civil. Let's improve our tone. Let's have a great debate on ideas and principles and solutions instead of ad hominem attacks against e each other. And for some reason, lightning didn't strike him dead at that precise moment. Mm -mm. There is no God. Some commenters on social media, especially in replies to Ryan himself, criticized the speaker, bringing up the Russia investigation tax cuts and health care debate others tied ryan's remarks back to trump in an op-ed wednesday for the hill representatives charlie christ a democrat from florida and mike johnson a republican from louisiana cited a poll showing about 75 percent of americans say incivility has reached crisis levels where's being shitheads to each other <laughs> absolutely and i don't know like Paul Ryan saying let's be civil to each other is a whole lot different from like say Meryl Streep tweeting let's be civil well, to yeah. each other let's uh, let's uh, celebrate National Day of Civility it's <laughs> a totally different context right exactly yeah so I, I understand the, the social media backlash on that and, and have you read the tweets they're pretty funny I, I will have to go back and yeah, read yeah go them. back and read <laughs> if you're having trouble you know sleeping or finding the humor in a day just go back and read some of those okay next up msnbc <laughs> takes a jab at trump trump was promoting his quote made in america week as trump was announcing the presence of his cabinet members at the event msnbc's scroll read white house touts made in america despite trump family products being made overseas <laughs> Oh, that's dirty. <laughs> when Trump began talking about the program's goals, which are to provide a level playing field for American workers and for American industry, the caption then changed to Trump. Made in America means it's the best. Parentheses. His family's products are mostly made overseas. Parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, <laughs> factually, uh, Trump products are mostly manufactured in China, Bangladesh, Indonesia, Honduras, and Vietnam, all countries with cheap layer labor and few regulations. When asked about the issue off camera, because press conferences are now held off camera, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer said he felt it was inappropriate to comment on their businesses and added that in certain cases, the supply chains and scalability are not always available in the U.S. <laughs> um, yeah, practice what you preach, dumbass. So next year, we're going to talk about the victory for Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. This has been going on for, for a, a long time. Yeah, it has. The Standing Rock Sioux Tribe won a significant victory in its fight to protect the tribe's drinking water and ancestral lands from the Dakota Access Pipeline. A federal judge ruled that the federal permits authorizing the pipeline to cross the Missouri River just upstream from the tribe's reservation, which were hastily issued by the Trump administration just days after the inauguration, violated the law in certain respects. Judge James Boasberg, I hope I pronounced your name correctly, sir. Boasberg wrote, the court agrees that the court did not adequately consider the impacts of an oil spill on fishing rights, hunting rights, or environmental justice, or the degree to which the pipeline's effects are likely to be highly controversial. This is a major victory for the tribe, and we commend the courts for upholding the law and doing the right thing, said Standing Rock Sioux Chairman Dave Archambault II second, in a recent statement. Um, he continues, the previous administra administration painstakingly considered the impacts of this pipeline and Trump hastily dismissed these careful environmental considerations in favor of political and personal interests. We applaud the courts for protecting our laws and regulations from undue political influence and will ask the court to shut down pipeline operations immediately. The tribe is represented by a nonprofit environmental law firm, Earth Justice, which filed a lawsuit challenging the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for issuing the permit for a pipeline construction in violation of several environmental laws. The court ruled against the tribe on several other issues, finding that the reversal allowing the pipeline complied with the law in some respects. The $3.8 billion pipeline project, also known as the Bacan Oil Pipeline, extends 1.168 miles across North Dakota, South Dakota, that does not look right. One thousand. I'm sorry. The $3.8 billion pipeline project, also known as the Bacan Oil Pipeline, extends 1,168 miles across North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, and Illinois, crossing through communities, farms, tribal land, sensitive natural areas, and wildlife habitat. The pipeline would carry up to 570,000 barrels a day of crude oil from the Bacan oil fields of North Dakota to Illinois, where it links with another pipeline that will transport the oil to terminals and refineries along the Gulf of Mexico. Well, okay. that is it for this episode. But, listeners, we have a special treat coming up for you soon. Yes, yeah, so you will notice that we have kind of not spoken about the big story of the week, which is Donald Trump Jr. and his amazing tweets of confession, basically. <laughs> Um, man, it's confessions, a, but it's something everybody would do. Yeah, it's anyway, a nothing burger. It's a total nothing burger. Burger, <laughs> but we we digress. Yeah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a special episode, just in addition to our our bi monthly 
uh, episode. We're going to do a special episode dealing specifically with the Russian investigation, Donald Jr.'s tweets, and Trump's efforts at the G20 summit, where everyone basically ignored him. Yes, that is going to be up Saturday. Um, Let me get the date for you. Saturday, this Saturday, the 22nd. Yes. Uh, Listen, watch our SoundCloud account for that episode. There was just so much to write about it that I didn't want to squeeze it into this episode. Um, So we'll do a a special episode dealing with the Russia investigation in the G20 summit. So with that, we are going to sign off on this one. Absolutely. And we'll see you on Saturday. Or hear you on Saturday. You will hear us on Saturday. Saturday. Um, But tweet us and write us and comment uh, on the topics we discussed here. And yes, I have a cold, which is why I sound weird. Oh, you should um, exert your healthcare. Yeah, (laughs) practices. I really should. (laughs) All right, Scullies, have a good night. Good night.